All right, hello everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Heart of Flesh podcast. I am joined once again by Joshua. I'm back. <laughs> after after last week, we kind of gave him a hard time. Yeah, um, it's all right. Joshua is not unreliable. He had he had stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, but Joshua is back. Um, James did a great job, though. Yeah, James did a good job. Love James. We'll have to have him on uh, on again. Get three people on here. Yeah. Um, okay, so. This is going to be this episode is going to be the conclusion uh, to our first series that we did. Wow, I know it's kind of cool. Um, Sweet, yeah. So we're kind of the hope today is just to give some some closing thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of maybe talk a little bit about some some things that we talked about in the past. Uh, not not too in depth, um, but just to give some maybe some final implications. Yep. To basically summarize kind of what we were hoping to to uh to go through in this series and give you a little bit of a glance again into like why we're doing this podcast too maybe that will come out yeah again so yeah so (coughs) this series was basically one um looking at the bible as a whole um and discussing kind of the attributes of the bible Mm -hmm. for one and then also biblical interpretation like, like the 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 process of of actually studying the Bible and interpreting it and, and, and understanding what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, a- admittedly, uh, as we went through this, like some, some of these episodes were really academic in nature yeah. and, and they were pretty like thought provoking and they were pretty, pretty dense with content and kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have two thoughts about that. First of all, yeah. Josh and I are, are in, this seminary program right now and we are immersed in Mm -hmm. um some of these things yep and you know again part of the reason we we started this podcast is like a desire to share and to teach these things Mm -hmm. um so so we are just immersed in academic study of the bible basically Mm -hmm. um so as some of these things come out it, it is probably a bit more academic that that's also intentional yep it is uh, part part of this podcast is is we want you guys to think we want yeah. you to really think and consider things mm-hmm. um and, and hopefully this is thought provoking uh and like like pushes for deeper questions and a desire for a deeper understanding mm-hmm. like like that that is part of the goal and why we're doing this we want to yep. provoke thoughts deep thoughts and make you curious about about the deep things of God. Yeah. Like maybe. We, today we live in such a like, give me it right mm-hmm. now, instantaneous. Uh, Twitter, you know, yep. short tweets, um, TikTok, short videos. Everything's got to be quick and easy yep. and short. And we want to slow down and and make you think deeply about the things of God, the things that matter the most. Yeah, and like with this. Uh, series specifically on the word of God maybe the one thing we want you to think about is if I believed the Bible was the words of God what might it look like for me like what would be the consequences in my life of viewing the Bible that way Mm -hmm. Um, that may be like just a really good maybe one question overview of maybe what we're trying to hammer into our hearts in our minds of if we believe the Bible was the word of God, what might it look like? What are the consequences consequences that we'll have on our life? Yeah. 
And, you know, th- kind of through the first part of this series is we, we have sought to really give a, a pretty deep and, and serious foundation for mm-hmm. seeing the Bible as the words, the very words of God, yep. uh, wh- which has been, f- first of all, what the Bible has always claimed about itself yep. and what the, what the people of God have always historically believed, mm-hmm. that when we open our Bibles, we are hearing from God. Yep. We, we're reading the Word of God, right? And so another another part of that as well uh, is we are also, not just that we want to make you think this way, to think deeply, we are also convinced and yep. uh, know that there's biblical warrant for thinking this, that serious and diligent study of God and the study of God's word is where the seeds of faith begin to grow and to blossom and to take form. Amen. I mean, when, when when we press a little further, uh, when we ask hard questions, um, and when we look at things deeply, that is where we begin to find answers, mm-hmm. um, and, and we grow. We grow in our faith when we ask deep questions mm-hmm. and then seek to find biblical yep. answers for them. Uh, and we are convicted by that truth. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of Psalm 1, blessed is the man who meditates day and night on the word of God. I mean, I think about that statement. Blessed is the man who meditates day and night on the word of God. If you read Psalm 119, I remember when I like first was slowly going through the Bible and I actually got to Psalm 119 and I read that chapter and I would encourage you guys to go and do this, read it and then ask yourself, do I view the Bible like the author of this Psalm does? Mm-hmm. I was, and it, so I was going through the Bible in the year and it, Psalm 19 is the Psalm longest one, chapter. Psalm, Psalm 119, 119 yeah. is the longest chapter in all of the Bible. So it took like uh, a couple of days to get through it because it ch- chunked it up. And every day we'd go through like, I don't know, 24, maybe 36 verses. And every day I'm like, this guy's going to start saying something different. He's going to say <laughs> yeah. something different about the word of God. But every day it was like, I love the word of God. I love the word it, of God. I cherish it. I love it. than honey in the comb. Yeah. And it's like yeah. almost all like a hundred and some verses were just like, I love the word of God. And I was like, when's this guy going to get on a different soapbox and say something (laughs) different? Yeah. So that would be like, I don't know. We believe that that the Bible says it. Yeah. And, and, and we believe that there's blessing in study in Mm -hmm. in doing that in meditating on God's word. You know, if you want a blessing from God, uh, you know, which, which all of us, you know, theoretically we all do. Well, Well, here's an actual, instance where the word of god is promising that there is blessing Blessing, in meditation on (laughs) god's word in thinking about it considering it there is divine blessing in that um and that should be a great encouragement Mm -hmm. in itself to to study and and to know the word of god yep so that is introductory matters yep Um, quick intro this time yep (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to make these things a little bit a little bit shorter Mm -hmm. uh not always successfully so now I think what we kind of want to do is go through some of the bigger takeaways of this section kind of, or this, this kind of series kind of summarize yep. um, where we've been um, before, you know, just, just as some closing thoughts yep. on the matter. So w- one of the big takeaways we hope has been really pressed on in this, especially like really, really we hit on this early. The Bible is not the result of human enterprise. Mm-hmm but it came from God. It has its source in God. God spoke through people and he also 
preserved his word through ordinary means and for the accomplishment of his purposes. Mm-hmm. That, that when, when, we, when we look at the Bible today, that, that is how the Bible came to us from God through men, preserved by God for the purposes of God. Mm-hmm. And because it is the word of God, this is another part of this, because mm-hmm. it is the word of God, because it is divine in its source, it also carries with it the authority of God. Mm-hmm. It, it is automatically carries with it the authority of God, which overrides any human authority, any human opinion, or any human traditions, right? Uh, a, a big part of the first <coughs> parts of our, part of this series was establishing a foundation mm-hmm. for what the word of God yeah. is, yep. essentially, and, and the authority that it has. How should we view it? Is this a book that is on par uh, with um, he, he, other other writings about the God? Quran, oh yeah, like a, other religious other books religious or books, yeah. or you know, if 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 my pastor goes yeah. and writes a commentary, yep, um, or or just just writes some treatise about mm-hmm. about about the Christian faith, is that on par with this? Yeah. No, this is a special book that has its its origin from God. It came from God. It has a special and, and divine authority. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so that that is, is a bit of a summary statement of, of things we've discussed earlier. Uh, I would encourage you, if you are listening to this episode for the first time, maybe go back and listen to some of those. If, mm-hmm. if you're curious about that, maybe go back and, and listen to that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Joshua and I being in, in, um, in seminary, one of the major things that liberal biblical scholarship has done in the last couple hundred years it's, it's been a relatively new thing mm-hmm. but really sought to view the bible as a human enterprise yeah. um to, to remove the the divine prerogative that is in the scriptures and, and often i mean that 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 has much more effect on modern mm-hmm. day people uh today in 21st century america than often people think like like we often have a, the tendency to to view the word of god uh from a human strictly strictly a human mm-hmm. perspective uh you know we don't like like we said god wrote through men yep. there are human authors at the same time god is the the singular author also yeah and an implication of that just a side note here is usually that means like each book of the bible gets chopped up into like millions of pieces and it becomes a what happens when we view it as a human enterprise is it's like okay this random person at this point in time wrote these three verses and then a different random person 300 years earlier wrote these three. And it's just like you get this choppy, choppy, choppy Bible where like the message of the whole just becomes obsolete because it's all about understanding where these three verses came from and not the message of the whole Bible itself. Yeah. Yeah. Liberal scholarship is, is quite interesting oh, to look me. at. And it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's well, for one, uh, it just operates out of a different worldview a different well, yeah. and, and i was gonna say it's it's immoral in nature it's yeah. desiring to take away the truths of god's word yep. also like j- just from a human perspective like in the aspect of scholarship it's extremely it's extremely poor and, and yep. very unacademic when you slow down and think it through like their reasonings it's like yeah. what this is yeah. really bad yeah it is um so <coughs> just just on that note as well you know, I was thinking about this as we were preparing for this episode, mm-hmm. but like considering just that claim or, or that understanding of God's word to, to view it as something that, that humans put together uh, without divine agency, um, yep. anything like that. 
when, when you look at the Bible in the first place, and specifically uh, the people responsible for mm-hmm. writing the Bible, like that, that claim really looks foolish. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joshua and I have been going through a class on the on the prophets this yeah. week, kind of through this semester, and it got it got me thinking about this. Now I was thinking about like one of the major emphasis emphases in the class has been like the, the call of the prophets. Yeah. God Isaiah would call six. Yeah. Ezekiel, Ezekiel two and three, two and three. But, but God would call these people to, uh, to be, to be prophets and yeah. to, to write, to write scripture, to, to have this ministry yep. uh, among his people. And the interesting part is, is if you look at the Bible and the people that God called to do this, what you see overwhelmingly and in almost every case is that these people did not want to do I this. Don't wanna, I can't speak. They, they were they were <laughs> called <young>. they were <laughs> called by God to do it. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, they tried to get out of it. They gave they gave yep. excuses. So for example, you, you think of Moses. Yep. You think of Moses uh in, in the Exodus situation. God comes to Moses and he says, Moses, you're gonna go and and go to Pharaoh, and you're gonna tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna work through you, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna do this through you, and I'm gonna save the people of Israel. And I'm going to use you to do it. Yep. And Moses gives every excuse in the book. Mm-hmm. He's, he seriously does his best to avoid doing this. Yep. You know, you look at Exodus 4, verse 10. It says, but, but Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. I, I can't do this. Uh don't don't send me to do this. Don't send mm-hmm. me to speak. Don't send me to lead this people. I am not qualified for this. Yep. I don't want to do it. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Just an example. Moses gives another another excuse after that, uh, verse thirteen. But he said, "Oh my Lord, please send someone else." Yep. And eventually, it continues, and 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 Moses does go. Uh, and and just other examples of this, like we look in, like we talked about our class in the prophets. We look at the prophets. You know, you go read go read Jeremiah's call uh, to prophecy. I'm gonna find it here. And this is similar to what all the prophets. But you go to Jeremiah one. It honestly reminds you of Moses. Uh, Jeremiah one verse four. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, and this is this is also interesting. Verse five. Mm-hmm. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So God worked this out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Called called Jeremiah, made him appointed him a prophet. Yep. Uh, from the womb. Verse six. Then I said, Jeremiah, O Lord God. Behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. 
And, and you see similar instances in Isaiah, Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and Ezekiel. God calls them to this task, promises that he will be with them, promises that he will speak with them. And then this also, for Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, these are just fresh in our mind from this yep. week, calls them to uh, a, a terrible ministry. Mm-hmm. Go and preach to this rebellious people. And, and, you know, you think of Isaiah 6, mm-hmm. and they will not hear you. Yep. Go and tell them, keep on hearing, but not perceiving. And keep on seeing, but not understanding. Similar to Jeremiah. God promises Jeremiah strife and hardship and persecution, but also promises that he will be with him. Similar for Ezekiel. And then, and then you actually read, like, first of all, they, they, all don't, they don't want to do this. This isn't a fun job. This mm-hmm. is not a fun job. Go go preach judgment to a rebellious nation and, yeah. and promise restoration in the future. Yeah, like But but go to your contemporaries and preach to them the judgment of God that's coming on them. In Isaiah 6 verse 11, Isaiah says, "Then I said, how long, O Lord? Like how long am I going to have to do this?" And God says in verse 11, "Until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste. Yeah. That's what God called, like, yeah, that's that's what God called their minist- their, them to ministry to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, call, he called them to go and preach judgment to a rebellious nation, mm-hmm. but also to, to promise uh, a future and coming yep. grace of God, to call, to call people to repentance, to faithfulness, mm-hmm. and to, to prophesy restoration yep. uh, that would ultimately come in, in, in most fully in Jesus. But just you look at the ministry of these prophets, and this was not fun. Mm-mm. It was not glamorous. Many of them were, were killed because of their prophecy, yep. uh, often hated. Like, like this, to, to say that this was a human enterprise makes no sense. No. Uh, e- even, in, even in the testimony of Scripture, these people did not want to do this. No, you think of like the apostles too. Every apostle was killed mm-hmm. because they proclaimed this message. Yeah. Besides John, and he died on an island alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and you know they all they all betrayed Jesus mm-hmm. before he he goes to the before he goes to the cross, uh, and then and then afterwards, God Christ specifically yeah. appoints them to to go and preach this. Yep. Uh, unlikely people, uh, who who had shown just by by their own example their unwillingness mm-hmm. uh, or their 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 incapability their, mm-hmm. their shortcomings. And yet they go and preach. And just like the prophets, um, the, the apostles essentially are martyred for their faith in Christ. So, so, so the whole notion of, of this being a human enterprise doesn't make much sense mm-hmm. of, of, of any of that. So, so that, that is a bit of a side note. Um, just, just talking about the, the divine origin of God. Basically, you know, the, the question that we're really, really after you know, the question that, that often, like, I think comes into people's mind, especially today, um, you know, you open up the Bible and there's a tendency to think and, and wonder, mm-hmm. how, how can I trust this? Yep. Like, what basis do I have for trusting this? How do I know that this is, this is God's word, mm-hmm. right? And kind of essentially the, what, what we wanted to get at in the early part of our series mm-hmm. was, you know, we, we went over some historical evidence for this, but most of all, we wanted to show that behind that question, there is an assumption about God 
and a doubt about God's character. Yep. So actually, like like the problem is is often that we view the Bible as a, a human enterprise mm-hmm. instead of one that 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 God is yeah. sovereign over. It originates from Him. Yes. So to understand the the Bible in that way is actually to to miss what the Bible says about God, hmm. uh, to miss who God is. Yep. The Bible presents to us a sovereign God who is active in his creation hmm. and who is mighty to save. Mm-hmm. And his word is an instrument of that salvation. Yep. The, the character of God desires to bring and, and promises to bring redemption hmm. to his people through his word. Yep. God, God, and just his character, he, he is revealing himself to a broken and fallen humanity. Mm-hmm. He, he is gracious to do that. That is the character of God. And to make sure that it, that it comes to pass, that it happens, that it is, re- it is recorded and preserved for his people. You know, I, you just think of Isaiah 55, you know, for example, I think just, just highlights this point well. Uh, Isaiah 55, 10. It says this, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So, so when we view this, like, like when we view our Bibles, this is God revealing himself mm-hmm. to a lost and broken humanity yep. for the purpose of redemption, for his, for his purposes. That is where our assurance of this comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, that This whole thing comes from God and it is rooted in the, in the character of God, uh, the desire of God to reveal himself yep. and to bring redemption. Yeah. I was just talking to my wife, Jacqueline, last night. Because I had just got done reading um, a chapter that was talking about the role that scripture should play in our lives as Christians. And I just got done reading another book before that, which you're going to reference here. Uh, It's a book by Kevin DeYoung. Um, But one of the things that I just was really sharing with her last night and this morning too is just there's something so good when we are... um, presented with such a high view of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're first learning about that, it's really startling to be like these, these really glorious claims, which you're going to read some of them here in a second, but we're confronted with those. And um, we hope we were able to do that a little bit in the series. And even now, as you're going to read these quotes, um, just consider like Christians have held to the highest view of Bible, of the Bible, for for as long as, like, the people of God have been, been around. Yeah. Um, and I really just want you to consider now, Jackson's going to read some quotes here about the Bible from a book we read. It's called, what's it called? Taking God at Taking His Taking Word. Taking God at His Word. Great book. You should read it. It's a lot of what we've actually yeah, read through. Yeah, if you're, if you're curious on this subject, it's, it's a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very concise. Yeah, it um, is. Easily readable. Kevin yeah. DeYoung also just... Great uh, writer. Yeah, great writer. Um, but yeah, you should read some of those quotes because like... Yeah. And just consider like what, what people from the past, from like 
as early as the first century, right after Jesus was around, all the way yep. up until like the 15th, 16th, 100th century, have to say about the Word of God. Yeah. yeah, like you said, this has always been the understanding. Not only does the Bible pro- proclaim this, but this has always been the understanding of the people of mm-hmm. God. Yep. You know, you see in Jesus' day, like there's no questioning that this is from God. It's, it's an assumption. Yep. Um, and, then, and then after that, like this is just a concise... Yeah. This is uh, sweet. Yeah, this but this is, so is cool. this is a good example. Yeah. So, yeah, this is from uh, Kevin DeYoung's Taking God at His Word. It's just an example of uh, what, what the church and people in the church have historically believed about the Bible. So, it, it begins uh, quoting Clement of Rome, who lived from AD 30. That's right, AD 30, uh, right around Jesus towards the end of his life, mm-hmm. to AD 100. And he described the sacred scriptures as, quote, the true utterance of the Holy Spirit. And he said that, quote, in them, there hath not been written anything that is unrighteous or counterfeit. Mm-hmm. Irenaeus, another church father, 120 to 202, said that the biblical writers were, were, quote, filled with perfect knowledge on every subject and were incapable of a false statement because God was writing through them uh, when, when they wrote scripture, incapable of a false statement. Origin, 185 to 254 AD, quote, the sacred volumes are fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, and there is no passage either in the law or the gospel or the writings of an apostle which does not proceed from the inspired source of divine truth. Hmm. Augustine, 354 to 430. Augustine, one of the most famous theologians mm-hmm. in church history, 4th century, quote in a letter to another church father, Jerome, I have learnt to ascribe to those books which are of the canonical rank, just meaning they're in the Bible, and only to them such reverence and honor that I firmly believe that no single heir due to the author is found in any of them. Jerome, 347 to 420, the same person Augustine wrote to, said that the scriptures were, quote, the most pure fount written and edited by the Holy Spirit. Thomas Aquinas, 1225 to 1274, quote, the author of Holy Scripture is God. Uh, and many more, many more quotes to go on through, through the Reformation up until today. This has been always the belief of the church of God. Mm-hmm. And it's the claim of the Bible that, that God is the author of scripture, um, that, that it is divine in its source. So that, 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 that's a, another just quick summary of kind of our first big takeaway. And I hope that, um, like, like we said, we want to make you think, mm-hmm. we want to expand your view of the Bible we want to expand also your view of God. Yep. And, and when I say expand, what I mean is we want you to come to a biblical view of God. Mm-hmm. We want you to view God the way that the biblical authors viewed God. Yep. And we want you to view God's word the way that the biblical authors viewed God's yep. word. And we want that for you. We also want that for ourselves because yes. sometimes, you know, we lack in doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I similarly, I actually was looking at Psalm 119 today again and just mm-hmm. praying like, God, oh man, Give yeah. me this kind of of love for your word. Yep. Just give me give me that that kind of love. So, again, that's kind of the first thing. The, the, the Bible is from God, uh, and our assurance of that, our, our knowing that that is, uh, that, that this indeed is God's word is based yep. on the character of God. Yep. Um, not on outside authorities, not on other things. Now. <clears throat> With that, mm-hmm. and this is kind of our second this point. This is kind of an implication of a the ki- first Yeah, one. kind of an implication of the first one. Uh, what does it mean to say that the Bible 
is authoritative mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or to say that it's the highest authority. We made an argument for that as well. Yep. Uh, you know, we don't want to just recover everything we did. So if you're curious, go back and listen to that. I think it was the second episode we did something yeah, like that. It's like, think of it as this when the, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Yeah. It's kind of our argument. Right. So, so, so because, because this is from God, it, it, it trumps any other authority. Mm-hmm. It trumps any human tradition. Uh, it trumps, um, any human philosophies. Uh, yeah, essentially that mm-hmm. there, there is no higher authority than the scripture. Yep. And, you know, we talked about this. We see that all over the Bible. Mm-hmm. We see that in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, you know, he, when questions or, or, um, or, or controversial situations come to him, he answers them often by quoting scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he chastises the Pharisees specifically because they valued their tradition mm-hmm. over what the Bible said. Yeah, Mark 7, I think there's another spot for that too. Um, but he chastises them specifically for valuing their tradition above what God's word teaches. Mm-hmm. Also, you think of Paul, you think of the other apostles. Often they make arguments, uh, they, they claim things, and they prove it by quoting from the Old Testament. Yep. They, they prove it by quoting from Scripture. New Testament authors are, are constantly doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, especially, I mean, he does that all over the place. Yeah. James does that. It's kind of all over. You know, and another, just another example of, of what this practically looks like, maybe. Um, you know, you have the famous example in Acts 17 uh, of the Bereans. You know, Paul and, Sil- and Silas, they go to Berea uh, on one of their missionary journeys there in Acts 17. And, and they begin to teach. And it's interesting, the response of the Bereans to Paul and Silas's teaching, which Luke, the author yeah, of Acts, commends cool. them for. So, so verse 11 of Acts 17, it says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed. So what you have... And, and the common pattern in the book of Acts was that Paul would go to cities, he would go into the synagogue, mm-hmm. he would open up the scriptures, and he would argue and persuade and, and, and preach about Jesus, that he is the Messiah, uh, that the Messiah had to suffer, die, uh, that he would be resurrected, that he would ascend into heaven, um, all of that. He would go and, and preach those things from the Old Testament. And here you have an example of uh, these Bereans who are commended for their response to this. Mm-hmm. First of all, they received the word with eagerness and they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Mm-hmm. Many of them therefore believed. Yep. So even Paul, who has the authority of an apostle, who, who, who writes and it's the word of God, uh, who speaks and it's the word of God, it, God was giving revelation through Paul. Mm-hmm. But these Bereans are even commended because they went and examined the scriptures uh, to see if what Paul was saying was accurate, mm-hmm. to see if what what he was saying was was indeed true, and then many of them therefore believed in Christ and were saved. So even even with the Apostle Paul, you see the the authority that that the Scripture has, and, and how Luke commends these Bereans for looking to the Scripture. And and you know think about this, um, even with what we say 
Mm-hmm. Of course, with what we say, yep. what your pastor says, stuff you read. Like, you should not simply get your ideas about Christianity from other people. Mm-hmm. Now, other people should aid you in your understanding. You should be aided by good teachers. You should be aided by your pastor. But you have a responsibility on your own to be reading the scriptures, to be examining them, to see if these things are so. Mm-hmm. And to confirm and, and see what your teachers are, are, are teaching you. I just think of like, so the Roman Catholic Church teaches that the the bishops, the Pope, they have the authoritative teaching on the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we would disagree with that vehemently and say, like the spirit is the one who is going to teach God's people. He's going to do that through people, through like leaders, yes, but they don't hold the authoritative authoritative teaching. And I think that really shows the wisdom of God. If he wants to maintain his word and preserve it, he's not going to give that authoritative teaching to one person, to a couple people, and just say, hey, you got to listen to these people. There's something so unique about that process of we go to church on Sunday, we listen to a sermon, we don't just accept it, but we go back and we look, is this scripture actually teaching that? Mm-hmm. That is That shows such of the wisdom of God to preserve his word, mm-hmm. that we have teachers who teach it, but his people are still responsible to go back and test it against yeah. the scriptures. And it produces this like deep, rich knowledge in God's people so that when we have more liberal and academic scholars who try and say the Bible isn't true, they're trying to disprove it, who are the people that have the most rich, the deepest, the strongest understanding of God's word? It's God's people. Hmm. That's so cool. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Certainly, (coughs) certainly we are aided Mm-hmm. We, we, we should properly be aided by our pastors. Yep. Our pastors should. They have the responsibility yep. before God to teach us yep. the word of God yeah, rightly. If, if we're going back and checking them and we're seeing they're wrong every time, maybe they shouldn't be teaching the Bible. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, pastors have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. They should aid us. They should. Uh, other, other Christian writings, like we talked about, we read this book by Kevin DeYoung, mm-hmm. that should aid us. Yep. But we are responsible also um, for reading the Bible on our own, Mm-hmm. And for confirming or rejecting the things that we are taught, mm-hmm. not necessarily in a in an authoritative sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm, th- there are some things like like I I could disagree with my pastor about some things, and they're mm-hmm. they're less of a big deal. Yep. Um, but you know, to to some degree, I have a responsibility as a member of his congregation to go and say, hey, like I think this was not in line with what Scripture is saying. Yep. Um, so, so we, we have that responsibility as, as well mm-hmm. as just Christian members of a church, but, but importantly, uh, just the big point there, we are aided by, by pastors, yep. by teachers, but we are also responsible for studying the Bible on our own. Yep. Um, and then just, you know, maybe some implications of this, um, as we, as we do theology, as we study the Bible, um, as we just form our own worldview, you know, our, our worldview being the thing that kind of the lens through which we view the world, um, the, the way that we interpret the world around us, the way we think about things, we need to ask ourselves, like, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Where where do yeah. my beliefs come from? What, what forms and shapes my worldview? And is it, for example, the culture around me, yep. 
or the opinions of people um, or the teaching of philosophers or, or something or, or for, for a lot of us, it's probably our worldview mm-hmm. is probably the American dream in some yes, sense. Seriously. You know, my my role in life is to uh, go to college, get a degree, have a nice house, get a spouse, have kids. That's live on that's a lake. live on a lake. Uh, that's the Midwestern dream. That's is what Midwestern that's called. Dream, yeah. Yeah. Um, Original <laughs> thought. <laughs> yeah, get a, yeah. Go buy a lake house, and you got yeah. the then you got the Midwestern dream. Yeah. Which those are all good things, of yeah, course. But they are. but if you, the point is that that's not the ultimate purpose of life, mm. and we can be sucked into believing that. I was. Yeah, and I certainly was too. We can be sucked into believing that, and then we can interpret the world around that that worldview. So we need to ask ourselves, where does our worldview come from? And it should come from the Bible. And what the scripture says about God, what it says about who we are, all of that stuff. That, that, that is the basis for, for how we know things objectively. Mm-hmm. And, and just, just as we go forward in this podcast and what we've done already, like, like our, our goal is we want to present things um, not as the opinions of people, uh, but as what the word of God says. Yep. So, so when we argue for the veracity or the truthfulness of a doctrine Mm -hmm. or we put forth an argument what we need to do is make sure that it is based on what god's word teaches Uh, that is the foundation of of every argument of every Mm -hmm. doctrine that we're putting forward so part of that is going forward in this podcast that's what we're going to try to do Mm -hmm. that's how we're going to base our our thinking our 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 theology and any sort of doctrines that we put forth put forth and maybe you've experienced this already listening Mm-hmm. But there might be things um, in the Bible, th- and in fact, there are. Yep. Uh, th- there's nobody that reads the Bible and doesn't come across some things in there that might just ruffle your feathers. Yep. That might just make you like stop and think like, I don't know how to feel about that yeah. at this moment in time. I don't really like that. Maybe <laughs> I don't really like that. Maybe that is different than what I have understood in the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's different than what... Uh, is the belief in my worldview maybe that's yeah. different than what the culture is saying maybe it's different belief in the people i live around like mm-hmm. it's just not what people believe around me yeah but but understanding that the word of god is authoritative mm-hmm. means that w- that we need to actually s- to submit uh to the what the bible says yep. that that forms the, the basis of our, of our doctrine our thinking we need to ask ourselves what does the bible teach and that that informs our, our doctrine our thinking all of that mm-hmm. and if, if you come across some things or if we say some things or your pastor mm-hmm. says some things that might just ruffle your feathers, that is okay. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah. Pray about it. Mm-hmm. Continue to study the scriptures. Ask questions. Ask like questions to people in your church mm-hmm. or people older than you yep. uh, that, that, that you trust that know God's word. Ask your pastor. Mm-hmm. It, it's okay to wrestle through some of those things. And just like, this is just a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Bible doesn't hold back certain truths, b- yeah. but it displays them. It displays how God's made the world and, and how God uh, has designed the world, his world, to operate. Yeah. And sometimes that, that's different than what's the popular view. Yeah. S- sometimes the Bible says things about us that we don't necessarily like to hear. Yeah. Uh, if you read the Bible and if your worldview is, is a biblical worldview, you're going to have, I shouldn't say a lower view of yourself, um, more correct view, a more correct view, a more humbling view of yourself uh, than you would otherwise. Yeah. Part part of, oh man, you, you just can't read the Bible without being humbled. 
it's impossible yeah without expanding your view of god and and limiting your your view mm-hmm. to some to some degree of self yeah i i would say too there's gonna be so moving forward in this podcast there's there's something symbolic about i mean that's there's a reason we started with the word of god because we see it as the foundation of everything that's right. what jackson was just saying now there's going to be some things that we're going to talk about we can't tell you exactly what because it's going to ruffle some feathers for some people and some for not for other people. But there's going to be some things that the Bible is going to say uh, where you're not even going to want to think about if it's true or not because the possibility of it being true has vast implications on a way that you need to change the way you're living. Mm-hmm. There's some passages in Scripture that say like uh, those who are drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God kingdom of heaven will not go to heaven okay Mm -hmm. there are going to be some people who don't even want to think about dwelling on that passage to see if it's true or not but there is nothing more at stake here than your eternal soul Mm -hmm. we would urge you to stop consider pray ask questions even when you don't want to because the truth of the matter is the reason why I wasn't here last podcast is we were at a funeral for my wife's grandpa and my grandpa died on the same day of that funeral. And I actually was watching my grandpa dying four days before that. And I got to see the reality that we are so sheltered from and that is death. Oh, yeah. And my grandpa literally looked like if you ever played Black Ops Zombies... He literally looked like a zombie. He was wasting away. Mm -hmm. And there will be a day when all of us are in that situation. We're either on our deathbed or we're just gone in a second. Mm -hmm. So we urge you to consider responding to the message of the Bible, which is Christ and Christ crucified. Jesus came He died for the sins of sinners that we might receive redemption and salvation from those sins and be freed from the bondage of those things. So drunkenness, adultery, pornography, any sin, it could be, I mean, it could be lust. It could be self-centeredness. Those things are what Christ came to free us from. Mm -hmm. And that is going to cost us something but we urge you guys to consider the cost yeah. and see what you will receive through Christ. Yeah. Well, and 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 the Bible makes makes this claim uh, certainly that there is going to be a day when each person, each of us, mm-hmm. first of all, will face face death. Also, a day when each person will stand before holy and mm-hmm. almighty God, and everything will be laid bare. Mm-hmm. Every thought, every motive, every intention of yeah. our hearts. Before an absolutely holy God. Huh. And the only way, and, and in that day, there, there, is no, there is no excuse to be made. Mm-hmm. There, there is no uh, a, a pleading with God. The, 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 the guilt, the guilt, like, like our, our, our being found guilty on that day is inevitable mm-hmm. based on our own work. Romans 3.23, all of us have sinned, all of us fall short of the glory of God. Right, mm-hmm. uh, there is no one that can stand on that day and say like that has earned a place with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can on their own merits walk into heaven. 
but but the message of the Bible is that, that Christ came uh, to enable that, to take on our sin in the cross, to, to pay for it himself, mm-hmm. um, to call us out of our sin, mm-hmm. uh, to transform our hearts and minds, um, and, and to bring us pure and holy before a holy God by the, at, at the cost of his life crucified, mm-hmm. H- him being our substitute, yep. paying for our sin. Uh, and that we would spend et- eternal life with him in heaven. So, you know, like, like Joshua said, the, the urgency and the seriousness of this matter can't be overstated. No. Uh, and we would just ask you guys to, to, and urge you guys to consider um, what, where you're at in, in light of that reality. Yeah. And continue to... S- continue as come along with us on this journey in this podcast continuing to like seriously consider the the implications of the beliefs that we're trying to set forth Mm -hmm. and whether you choose to agree with them or not because ultimately we're trying to write them in the bible so and ultimately our our goal is that you would go and read the bible Mm. um and actually like you know learn from a lot of people other than us as Mm -hmm. well yeah um but but part of our part of our urge is to get you to to get you to do that, and kind of where this started. It's not always going to be things that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be things that are just, uh, you know, make you feel good all the time. Like like the Bible teaches, you know, about the reality of the human condition, which is that we're sinful. Mm-hmm. We're born sinful. Uh, that we love sin. Oh, it says the heart is deceitful above all else. Yeah, that oh. we we are in active rebellion against mm-hmm. God. Uh, it, it teaches harsh things and mm-hmm. it calls us out of that. Yep. It, it confronts us where we're at in that. And by God's grace, it calls us out of that. He made a way and, and leads us, leads us out of that. Yep. Um, well, that was a bit of a ramble. Yeah. That kind of rolls it well into the next point. Yeah. Though, yeah. It does. It does. Third and final one. Yes. Yeah, so, so the last, maybe the last takeaway we want you guys to have from this, um, it's kind of just the the purpose of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 should God's word be doing in us? Mm-hmm. What effect should it have on us? Yep. Uh, the role it plays in our lives, so to speak. And, and kind of the third and final point is this, just to summarize it: we need to be transformed by the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. We need we need we need our hearts and minds yeah. to be transformed by the Scriptures and to develop a biblical worldview mm-hmm. to look at the world through the lens of, of what scripture says to, to view the world um, based on the truths of God's word and to understand it and interpret it mm-hmm. in that way. So, so understand as you, as you read the Bible, uh, that there is something your, your reading is incomplete uh, if it sticks in your head and it doesn't mm-hmm. affect the way that you live. Uh, if it doesn't transform in some way your heart, mm-hmm. if it doesn't transform in some way your mind, uh, then then it is not uh, fulfilling it, it, its purpose. Mm-hmm. Y- you need to continue reading and consider things. Yep. And just at the heart of that uh, is the reality that Christianity in itself is not an external mm-hmm. thing. It's not an external religion. Mm-hmm. And often we're like, we, we often think of it that way. If I go to church, um, if I do this, uh, e- even if I read my Bible, but I'm not changed by it, mm-hmm. um, that that's somehow a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think Christianity is about doing those things externally. Yep. When in reality, uh, the the word of God and 
and Christianity as a whole are aimed at transforming our hearts and minds. And this is always the case. Mm-hmm. You know, some people uh, th- think that this, this really came about, you know, as Jesus steps on the scene and he kind of internalizes everything uh, with the way he speaks. But this is all over the Bible. You know, you look at Deuteronomy 6, the, the Shema, mm-hmm. which, which again is just another incredible passage about it is. God's word. Yep. Uh, but it is this word that I say to you today, it, it shall be on your heart mm-hmm. and you shall think about it. Teach it to your children. Write it, write it as a sign on your doorpost. Mm. It, it shall be on your heart. You know, just, just in general, the, uh, the, the, the heart of Christianity is living a transformed lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's being transformed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Ezekiel 36, and that's where we get the name for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's the promise uh, of salvation that God's going to bring and what it's going to look like in the work of His Spirit. And it says, I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my, put my law in your hearts. Um, and I will, I will give you a new spirit and, and cause you to obey my statutes. Like it's just, it's aimed at. It's a spiritual heart transplant. Yeah. It's aimed at an inward transforming mm-hmm. reality. It's aimed at a, a new heart mm-hmm. that God is going to affect and change our hearts. Yeah. Um, God didn't come to earth, die on a cross so that our actions would merely be changed. Mm-hmm. He came to transform our whole being. Yeah. And he didn't do it just because we were he didn't do it because we were just doing doing just fine no, either. No, he didn't come. I love what Emily, one of our classmates said, like he didn't come onto the scene and tell us, "Good job, guys. You're doing a great job here." Yeah. No, no he, he came and he came to do a work to save us from how awful we were doing. Yeah. And, and he you know, even in, even just in, you know, you think about John three, he says to Nicodemus, he says, no, you need to mm-hmm. be born again. Yeah. Uh, you need to be born again from I above. Gotta crawl back into my mom. How does that? Work? Yeah. But no, <laughs> you, you need to be, you need to be born again. You had a physical birth. You need a spiritual birth. Mm-hmm. You need the spirit of God. Yep. Uh, you, you need to be transformed um, in, in the way that you, you think and live. You're not, you're not just fine. Mm-hmm. You need transformation. Yep. And you think of like, Romans twelve two as well. Paul Paul commands uh, to the Roman church, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There, there's transformation that needs to happen. Yep. Or, or even you know, you think of just just the purpose of God's word in, in general. Like you think of like James one twenty one. Uh, he he commands the people to be not just hearers of the word, not just observers but doers, Mm -hmm. the inward reality affects your outward actions. Uh, But, but at heart what's needed and what the Bible produces is that inward reality. It's it's not outward to inward change. It's inward to outward. That's what God is after. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's, that's pretty much it. You know, maybe just a closing thought. I think we mentioned this passage uh, or this, this verse in previous um, podcasts, but, just looking at First Peter one twenty three as mm-hmm. well. It's a great verse. Uh, Peter says, "Since writing to the church, well, he's in verse twenty two he starts having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God." 
so 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 Peter says you have been born again uh, you have experienced this spiritual birth uh, this renewing of your your heart your soul uh, this taking out of the heart of stone giving of the heart of flesh all of that through the word of God it is through the word of God the means that God uses to bring transformation uh, is is through his word and, and again just just to press home the the reality of this I gotta I don't want you to miss this but but Jesus says if anyone is to even see the kingdom of heaven he must be born again by the spirit hmm. so what's at stake here as we consider the necessity of the word of God uh, in, in in my life in your life in, in in anyone who's listening to this in your life what's at stake is the salvation of of souls mm-hmm. like this is a serious and yeah. weighty reality uh, we're, we're not doing just fine you know we need we need first of all we need a Christ we need a substitute to pay for our sin mm-hmm. we also need spiritual transformation um, w- which comes through the word of God and, and that is the means uh, that God uses to actually change our hearts and minds and to transform us. Yeah. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to be done here. Uh, we'll, we'll be going into another series. We still have to, to chat yeah. and figure that out. I'll just say um, this. I'm really excited for what we're going to be going through yeah, next. Me too. There's going to be some... Uh, we're going to get to talk about some really cool things and really kind of dive in, you know, what what is the gospel? How mm-hmm. might someone be saved? And what happens when someone is saved? Yeah. And we get to talk a lot, too, about um, maybe some history, um, some Reformed theology. What does that mean? We'll talk about that. But I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, it's going to be fun. I hope you guys will join us. So thanks again for listening. Um, just continue to encourage you guys. Uh, to be part of the local church, um, mm-hmm. all of those things. Continue to uh, read your Bibles, uh, to study, to press into these things. I, I hope uh, that upon listening to this, y- you may ask some, have some questions. Yep. Uh, you may have some some deep thoughts. Hopefully, this has expanded um, your view of God. Expanded uh, your view of the urgency mm-hmm. uh, that that is inherent in the Christian message. Mm-hmm. Um, and the necessity of, of, of salvation that all of us face, that all of us need yep. salvation, all of us need Christ, mm-hmm. uh, that we will stand before God someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless we are clothed um, in, in the blood of Christ, th- that we are left to, to, the, to the good and proper justice of God against our mm-hmm. sin, um, which is a dreadful reality. Yeah. Uh, so, so we urge you to pray and consider... Mm-hmm. Um, whether you have assurance of that or what assurance might look like mm-hmm. and, and go to God's word and study that. Yep. And, and a bit like Joshua said, we're going to, we're going to get into that, that topic. Um, uh, you know, what, what is the gospel? How are we mm-hmm. saved? What does that look like? What does the Bible teach about that? Yep. You know, that's probably going to be the next part of our, uh, that are the next series we do, but we're still looking at it a bit. Yep. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, God bless you. We pray yep. that, um, we pray often that the hearers of this podcast would be blessed by, yes. Uh, anything we're doing. Um, oh man, we do not claim to be anyone special or to know anything, uh, just to, to have a, a desire to share the truths of God's word mm-hmm. um, with anyone who would listen. Yep. So with that, we thank you guys. Um, yeah, thanks for listening.